What's up, y'all? This is the Vinny Rock Podcast. Um, I got a special guest today. I actually met this guy last night. Last night. Yeah, dude. I, I feel like we've known each other forever. I feel like we've known each other forever. And uh, I, I, there's there's something about this dude that was, um, I don't know, kind of special. And so I asked, I knew he wasn't going to be in town very long. So I asked if he'd join me on a podcast in this fucking rinky-dink room before I even got this thing set up. Um, but I appreciate you joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, we'll talk more about this in a second. Let's go over some of these sponsors. I'm going to fucking move this bitch out of the way because we don't need that. All right, cool. So you guys know some of the sponsors for the Vinrock Podcast. Uh, just one off the top of my head is Warfighter Tobacco. Do you like cigars? I'm a big cigar guy. Have, have you ever smoked a cigar? I have. When was the first cigar you've ever smoked? What was it? When was it? 2004. Was it overseas? Yeah. Bro, that's the reason why we started this company. Nice. Straight up. All of us have smoked a cigar overseas after some significant mission or, or whatever the fuck it was, having a good time, and we decided to smoke a fucking cigar. And it's kind of this thing that um, cigar smoking has always done for me. It's reminding me of Afghanistan 2004 for me. Iraq 2004 for me, yeah. Right. So that's kind of why the whole company was started. Um, Scott thought of this idea, and I was like, dude, that sounds fucking brilliant. And so I jumped on board with these guys, him, John, uh, Chris, uh, all these guys, Brian, and these guys... Are, are freaking badass dudes, but they're all combat veterans who started a cigar company, and now uh, it's doing really well. So you guys go check out Warfighter Tobacco, um, made in Nicaragua. Very, very cool, cool company. If you guys get to know the people, the guys who own it, it's, it's why I think it draws you more into it. Just really good guys. Um, check it out, warfightertobacco.com. Uh, another one of our sponsors, obviously, Lightsinger's Whiskey. I'm super excited, man. Have you ever had it yet? No, I haven't. You haven't? Damn it. I, I, dude, I was actually hoping I had a bottle here for you so you can have a sip of it or try it, whatever the case. And I know you're not a big drinker, but I still wanted you to try the Nectar of the Gods. That's what we like to call it. I'm down for that. <laughs> I like um, the apple. Today I have something special in my drink, but it's not Lefzinger's Whiskey. I have some coming in here soon. Very exciting. We do have it here now in Salt Lake City, Utah. It should be delivered within the next month. Hard to do. Hard to get alcohol here in the state uh, approved, and we did it. Um, by the end of next year, we should actually be in all 100,000 states. That's how many states. There's not that many states. Cities? 50 states is what we're actually going to be okay. in. <laughs> yeah, we'll be in all 50 states. So pretty excited about that. And um, I don't know, just to think where the company started and where it is now, fucking – Dude, Brad Primo, if you, if you know, the guy who runs it is Brad Primo. He's another one of the Article 15 crew guys. Um, he's just kind of taking it leaps and bounds. And so it's really cool. I just want to give him a shout out for Brad for doing your thing, man. We appreciate it over here. Uh, we're going to get the, this whole building set up one of these days, and I'll actually have a Let's Singer sign is what I'm trying to get. Uh, one of those neon signs or some shit. But yeah, that's it. That's what we're trying to do. Um, what other? What other? Beard.com. Oh, man. Some exciting ass shit. It's going down with beer. Well, I'm hoping. Um, networking, right? We talked about this last night. I networked with this one dude who he's kind of the missing piece to the puzzle of what we have. We have beard.com. I've been doing the marketing, kind of keeping the backside of the marketing, helping as much as I can, really developing the brand and what I'm trying to do with it. I didn't want to necessarily be the face of it too much because um, it's just not what I'm trying to do. As much as I'm proud of the company, I didn't want to be a face. And so I don't think the company was doing as well as I imagine it should. 
it's beard.com. That's a fucking money URL, right? Like you would know that. Like you've done some internet stuff. It's hard to find a single word URL these days. Right. And so we were lucky enough to snag that. Um, but it's not doing what I really wanted it to. Your voice is deeper than normal. Audio maybe? I'm not sure. Sorry. See, I get fucked up with this thing, dude. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> so, I, um, we reached out to someone, man. I networked with a really cool dude, and I'm, I'm hoping the company is going to fucking flourish from now on. So, I can't really talk about it yet. Once I sign this deal, um, Beard.com is going to take on some new new forms, and uh, it's a good thing. And it's just, that's one of the sponsors of the podcast, so obviously, and I own it as well. Um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm just I'm fucking done with sponsors because I, I seriously want to get real and talk with you. The first thing, if you guys don't know, if you guys are watching here, um, if you guys are watching on Twitch, if you guys are listening to the show now, the first thing I heard about Cody was he's the youngest E8 in Marine Corps history. Is that true? So I don't know how far they went back, but definitely yeah. like the modern day. Yeah, of, yeah, of our time, <clears throat> of our time, pretty much of our existence. Dude, that's to me is one of the fucking most respectable uh, accomplishments uh, imaginable, and, I, and I'm sure, and I know, getting promoted in the Marine Corps is not the same as getting promoted in the Army. The Army, you I mean being an infantryman, uh, you you kind of you can promote pretty fast, especially in special operations. In special operations, you can promote very fast. You can get your E seven within seven and seven is very common, um, and then start working towards your eight. You right. Know? I got my seven and eight, and then. I've been sitting at my seven ever since because I haven't had the time to go to the schools to do all the things and do the work, but I'm also reserved. So it's obviously, it's not a full-time gig and everything else. You were able to just get it all knocked out. And, and, you know, just from talking with you, I've heard a lot of the, the cool stories of, of your growth as a Marine. Um, can you, would you mind kind of talking about your career? Not sure. Just kind of give it a breakdown because people that people that are listening probably don't know who you are. A lot of you guys probably do know who you are, so it's always nice to get a refreshment seeing who you are. So I enlisted in the Marine Corps back in June 2003, and yeah, I went to boot camp down in San Diego, the only real boot camp for the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I graduated, and I only joined the Marine Corps. I wanted to be a scout sniper. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I learned early on about life, about like, you know, life's paths and whatnot, because sometimes we try to rush things. It doesn't really pan out the way you want. Right. And that rush things for me was, um, I was outside of basic and then I was at this, uh, our school of infantry, like our very first entry level school. And, uh, I'm like, hey, there was an opportunity to sign up for recon. I'm like, well, shit, that sounds cool. So yeah. I'll sign up for it. And they're like, dude, get the, f- get the F away from me. Like you couldn't swim. I didn't meet the requirement. They're like, just go back to the line. So it didn't plan pan out for me, which is good because I joined for one thing and I was being lured by other stuff, right? To kind of like skip me from like what kind of brought me in. Right. And so went to infantry, became a scout sniper, did a couple. So, let me ask you, because you say scout sniper and I don't understand the special operations or scout sniper or any of that. Is that now as a scout sniper, you went in You went in with a contract of scout sniper? No, I went in the contract because the only way to do that is by being an 03 of some sort. So I right. signed up to be a rifleman. Okay, so that's his 0311. Yeah, 0311. So you went 0311, and then as you progress through your career, you go towards... Yeah, so like every infantry battalion has a sniper platoon, and they run indoctrinations. Got it. And Got so, it. So like their own version of a selection. Yep. Yeah. So once you make it to the sniper platoon, that's kind of like where you're staying at. Yeah. And then you work your way up to uh, get the chance to go to sniper school. And then once you go to sniper school, you're now a scout sniper. You usually become a team leader or something like that for your, your platoon. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's it. And so from there... 
as a scout sniper, you deployed multiple times, yeah, blah, 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 yep, right? A few times with the infantry, and then uh, I came back from my second rotation. I was like, just not the direction I wanted anymore. I was really contemplating getting out because uh, I was at the point to like, where I need to re-enlist or just kind of ride out this last year and a half or so. Right. And I'm like, I need to progress. I need this is yeah. <laughs> This is not the environment I wanted. So You just want to do more. I wanted to do more, and I wanted to be around more like-minded people. If I right. feel like I'm being kind of held back, mm-hmm. and um, so I got back from rotation, and then I took the force reconnaissance uh, screening, and then shortly after that, I found myself in BRC, the basic reconnaissance course, going to become. And a so that's going man. towards special operations now. Now you're making your steps towards that. Well, at the time, so back in the day, our only special operations involvement was attachment one, and those really comprised of like reconnaissance and force reconnaissance uh, dudes. Yeah. And so my end state was like, man, I want to make it to debt one one day. I was still a young, super junior uh, E5. And so uh, I remember I was actually at Airborne School, and uh, I got a phone call like, hey, we did our transition. We're like, I'm like, what? Like, hey, yeah, they took down First Force Colors, and they stood up First Marine Special Operations Battalion Colors. So it was a whole talk with like a sect of saying Marine Corps will provide a special operations capable unit. This is, this is going to be 2006-ish, Six. right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, late 2006, yeah, early seven, and uh, <clears throat> so yeah, detachment one went away, filled the ranks of first battalion and second battalion. Yeah, so east coast, west coast, and then uh, force reconnaissance, first second force formed the ranks as well, and we took a couple of platoons from recon battalion. Uh, took a bunch of infantrymen that were our basically our our trailer platoons. Yeah, and we started rotating out, and then fuck. Yeah, so I came back. Then I ended up going to our schoolhouse, help starting that up. Um, get the first few classes out the door. Rotated yeah. out on a deployment from the schoolhouse. Um, came back. Uh, was able, offered a position to be a team chief or yeah. a team sergeant in the SF community. Did a couple rotations with our 3rd Battalion. Uh, then I went back to our 2nd Battalion, became an operations chief. Deployed again, and then uh, back at the schoolhouse. Fuck, and dude. that's kind of like when... We met last night and kind of talked about like how like life just kind of like stopped for me. And, yeah, uh, that's when I started transitioning from trying to deploy to trying to get myself taken care of. Yeah, and that's the big thing. That's, that's probably a big reason why we connected. Is uh, if you guys are listening right now, if you guys are watching right now, Cody's a big advocate for the transitioning and trying to find, I guess you know, trying to find meaning to life after military. Right. Right. And I think that's the big question a lot of guys have is life after military. Uh, does it suck? Does it not suck? All this fucking issues. You got guys before you that are transitioning and, and, and say, the man's not helping me, the VA's not helping me, or this, whatever the case. And you have all these people going through their struggle, whatever the fuck it is. And right now, you're in the middle of seeking that space, yeah. right? What's next, <clears throat> right? And, and dude, But a lot of the words you were saying last night, it, it's almost exactly to a T some of the stuff that I'm writing in my book. And that's why I was like, what the super fuck? Super trippy, you know? Yeah, it was super trippy. It was the exact same mindset, you know? Um, you know, if you don't go over like some of the some of the ideas that you were thinking about, you know, stuff that you talk about about veterans and and how to help other guys. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is that, <clears throat> you know, people see the GI Joe action figure and they uh they think that that's what they have to be, right? That to right. be like hard and tough, you know, the quiet professional, suffer in silence, you know, shut up and push the fight. Well, that's not a sustainable action, and there's not a, there's more. Hey, I'm a hero in the military than there's like, hey, I'm a level-headed individual, yeah. and I'm also an advocate for taking care of myself and taking care of others. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I spent the last uh, year and a half of my time in the Marine Corps is really trying to break down some barriers, and I figured the only way to do that is by exposing myself and exposing the things I was going through 
And I found out along that journey, you know, a lot of guys started coming up to me like, Hey man, how did you do that one thing? You know, they, they do it offline, you know, away from the crowd, but all it takes is one interaction like that. And the weird thing was, is a lot of dudes heard a bunch of stories about me. So they expected to hear like, yeah, let's go kill everything and like crush things. And dude, screw the families, bro. You'd like, you gotta just go to these schools and deploy. And when I was actually doing the 180 of that, like, Hey man, Deployments are always going to be there. Schools are always going to be there. Yeah. But your family is not always going to be there. You're not always going to be there. And so I, you know what's funny? I told you it's like when you get to know more of my story, you'll you'll understand. Do you know Do you know my background at all? Not too much. So so I was, I was um I was married for almost ten years, and um, and honestly, thank God that relationship didn't work out. It was very toxic. It was ugly, but I didn't help the situation either. Right. If I was the same guy as I am now, if I was the same guy then. Now, my wife would leave me. My wife would leave me, but on better terms. You know what I'm saying? Because I was choosing the mission first. Actually, I, I do a lot of public speaking. The one thing I talk about is like, say yes to family more and say no to work more often. Right? Because of the fact that like, I was the guy that said, hey, let's go to Iraq. Yep. Hey, let's go to range school. Yep. Hey, let's go to Beanock. Yep. Let's go to leadership school. Yep. Let's go to a fucking school that doesn't mean shit anymore, but let's just fucking do it. Yep. I volunteered for everything. I said no to nothing. Right. But I said no when I come home and I'm tired. My daughter says, let's go to the park. I'm like, no, baby, I'm tired. Do you see what I'm saying? I was so conformed in my head to say yes to work because that's what pays the bills. Like, uh, you're not a ranger if you say no. You're not a ranger if you quit. You're not a ranger. You know what I mean? And I started this mindset that it was super toxic because it carried on after the military. You know what I mean? And I kept choosing the mission first, which... Everyone chooses their path in life. You can do whatever the fuck you want. No one gives a fuck. I, I don't care. You can choose you. I choose me. But I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be the dude that was like saying yes because it was easier to be away from the family than actually be there, engage with my kids, helping with homework, fucking uh, trying to communicate with my significant other. It was easier to be gone with the boys drinking beers and fucking having a good time. Right. And so I always chose that. And it wasn't the most mature thing to do. And it was it was something I had to work through. But I found myself at a point where... And the only time it affected me was the fact that I was losing my kids. It wasn't the relationship. Like, fuck the relationship. Who gives a fuck about that shit? My kids were losing time with me. I realized that me being dad, paying the bills, was fucking... It was, it was enough for them, but it's not what I expected of myself in life. My kids didn't even know who the fuck I was. I was the, the bill payer. You know what I mean? Right. I was the dude with the money. I had no sustenance to them. I wasn't anything other than that guy. But I wanted to be the guy that taught them how to ride a bike. I wanted to be the guy that taught them how to shoot their first gun. Whatever the case. What I was, I was that to my soldiers. Like You know what I mean? To my privates, I taught them how to shoot. I taught them combatives. I taught them demolition. I taught them how to enter and clear a room. I was dad for them. Right. Why the fuck wasn't I dad for my own kids, bro? And that fucked me up. And I only, I only fucking realized that when I finally lost the relationship. But that losing that relationship, I lost the 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 the, the beat the ability to be close to my kids because obviously I was in Texas and my ex was in Arizona and the kids were just doing their thing in Arizona. I never got to see them. And that's where it sunk in. Like, fuck I was wrong the whole time. But it's also like an institute. I mean, I hate to like put the blame on things, but it's also an institution thing. And it's the whole like shame and guilt because it's like, Hey, if you don't go to ranger school now, you're not going to get another opportunity. Yep. Or, you're like, man, you know, I need to take it. I need to take at least a week off to spend time with my family. Yo, bro, the team needs you for this training event, like that, the bullshit training or whatever the case may or may not be. Yeah. So, you feel guilty for asking about yourself to try to do good, 
and you, at the same time, you're getting shamed by your organization. Maybe not in like in a complete blunt way, but it's like, yo, bro, like, why are you doing this? Like, we all need a breaks, bro. Like, yeah, we're beginning ready to deploy in like seven months. Like, I need you gone for 20 days right now. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Dude. And that makes it difficult for uh, people because it is their profession they went into. And then, but once again, like the military, no matter what you do, it's all a job. It's yeah. not your life. And well, I remember, I remember, I was getting out of the military, and um, you had a few of those NCOs, high level NCOs, that are kind of convincing you to stay in. I had one guy doing the math on this. He had like, "Look, do you have a savings plan?" I'm like, "No." He goes, All "Right, well, look, if you don't start now, like by the time you're 50, you're fucked." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Right. So then I'm thinking, like, maybe I should stay in, right? But at the time, I had fucking three kids. I've never fucking seen. You know what I mean? I've been deployed fucking three times. Been to every school I could possibly go to. In four years, I was home straight up, 14 months. That's not fucking home, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I was gone to either training or a fucking deployment or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? An NCO development course. And like that's what my life was. And they're telling me like, look, if you if you stay in, you're going to have a retirement. I'm like, okay. And then another guy's like, look, man, there's, there's not a lot of things you can do in the civilian world. You're going to be bored. You're going to hate it. You're not going to make it. I had a guy tell me I wasn't going to make it. I'm like, fuck. I believed it because – I wasn't sure if I was good at anything outside of the military. And so I started to believe it. I'm thinking like, fuck, you know, and then I kind of got pushed to get out and I'm glad I did because eventually you just jump in and say, fuck it. Let's see if I sink or swim. Right. Right. So, but, but you're doing something different. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was able to uh, like just fully retire and all that stuff. So that kind of gave me the opportunity to kind of like kick back and like look at things in a different perspective. Yeah. And uh, one of the perspectives we're looking at is like instead of like getting right back into the game, because I think a lot of vets or a lot of just people who transition no matter how long or they retire, they feel like, man, I'm not going to make it. So the only thing I'm good at is what I was ever doing for however many years. Yeah. And um, I kind of like saw that along the way as I was transitioning, like all these like soft care coalition or the SOCOM transition specialists, they kind of push you to that same niche because there's a high demand for military and special operations, you know, veterans to be in these types of businesses. But sometimes those businesses consist of you being gone overseas with a gun. Yeah. And I'm like, no, man. Well, dude, you guys, you, you, there's guys that fall victim to the cycle. It's real fucking easy to keep shooting, right? It's real easy to be back in the contracting world because, one, that money looks fucking good. And we all want that, right? We all want the stability, the, the, the comfort of knowing there's stability there. Right. Financial stability, right? Two – well, shit, I'm doing the same job I did, but I'm actually getting paid better for it. Fuck, that's fun. But that's the problem. We have a lot of guys that fell into that. And then after four, five, six years, you're in this weird fucking age group, dude. If you, if you did four years, how old are you right now? 33. 33. Do five years contracting from right now. Well, how old are you going to be? 38. Right. Then what? The fuck are you going to be a 40-year-old motherfucker doing what? You know what I mean? You have to continue to grow in that space. And then from there, it's like, fuck, all I've done for the past 20 years is be a shooter. And there's more to you than that, right? Like right. There's, there's a there's a difference. And dude, the guys who do that, fucking more power to them if that's what they want to do. But for me, being a family man, it didn't make sense. I had the contract. I had a contract with Blackwater Select. You ever heard of that? Yeah. But that's what I had a contract with it, and I didn't go. And I felt like an asshole. I'm like, man, that's shitty of me. But as also, it was this, I'm fighting with being a dad, trying to at least fucking make up for lost time, and then... But I'm still fucking a ranger. You know what I mean? And it was fucking tough. I like what you're doing now, though. Yeah, so like right now, uh, my wife and I, we sold all of our shit. <clears throat> we, I want to say we became full minimalist. Like we still have some stuff in storage. Yeah. Uh, but we just decided to take some time and we bought a conversion van and we're just going to travel around the U.S., Canada, Latin, you know, 
roll south and just really try to like find ourselves and really find me because I know my passions it's there but instead of me trying to force my hand on it I'm just going to try to find it yeah uh, just like you know you find your niche in the military you come in not really knowing what you know mm-hmm. you, you think you know but you really don't or you think you want to go one path but then you see that as you learn to mature you know the better plan was always there for you you just had to like kind of give it time to like marinate basically so so you're just now trying to find yourself again yeah man I identified myself in my job for 15 years that's dude. That's the fucking biggest thing. Most of these kids get into them, and and I was fortunate enough to get in the military at a later age. Fortunate, unfortunate, whatever the case you want to say, however you want to say it. But just from my circumstance, I got in at twenty two, twenty three. I knew who the fuck I was, dude. I was a twenty two year old kid with a fucking one year old daughter. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of lived my life. I did four years of college. I figured it out. I drank. I freaking you know did all the dumb shit, and I started to figure out who I was as a person. Before anyone could even manipulate my mind to tell me who I was. When you're 17 years old, all you are, and in that prime time in your life when you're actually developing as a person trying to find your identity, you're fucking military. Whatever it is, you're a fucking grunt, you're a marine, you're a ranger, whatever the hell, that's your identity and that's all you know. And the only thing you know from there is how the other guys around you act. And that's kind of how you start taking shape of, right? We talked about your, your, your top five friends. Yeah. You start taking shape of your top five. That's what, that's what the fucking military is. If you're around a bunch of savages, dude, you kind of just, you never really develop into anything past that because you know why? I don't need to be more intelligent. I'm a fucking Marine. I don't need more, more, I don't need to learn more than what I need to know as a Ranger. I just need to know how to kick in a fucking door and drink some goddamn beer. You know right. what I mean? And so that's where the lack of development of character, it doesn't happen in the military. Why? You don't need it. And I think another thing too is like it's like the false idols that exist, right? <laughs> it's the uh, it's like oh dude, that dude's a fucking savage. He's a you know super stone cold killer, but back at home he sucks. You know he's an alcoholic. He doesn't hang out with his family. He yeah. he's not even a good mentor or leader. But he's good. At, he's a one trick pony. Right. And we look past all the other shit that's really important. And to make that dude a better person, we have to like analyze that and work on those things. But those dudes just kind of put that shit off in the back burner. Yeah. That, and yeah, that guy's character is judged by just how good he is as a, as a as a marine or a soldier, not by, by what he does outside of the uniform. Right. Which before they were ever anything in the military, they were a human being. You know. Well, that's the like you know graduating drill sergeant school. It's funny, man. You you see guys. Um, guys graduate drill sergeant school and they start buying fucking license plate that say fucking push private and things like that. And it's like, ah, that hat should not be what makes you. Right. You know what I mean? That hat, the hat doesn't make you, the badge doesn't make you, the, the ranger tab, the ranger school don't, doesn't make the person, you know? The man but, makes the job, the job doesn't make the man. Right. And for some reason, there's a lot of, I get, I would, I would say weak personalities. I don't even know how to say it. Weak characters that, I don't know. Easily influenced people, right? Because they're trying to they're trying to find that niche, trying to get attached to something, be part of something bigger than themselves. We all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Absolutely. And I mean, like right now, I have a bunch of friends that actually need a lot of help. Yeah. And they are they reach certain ranks where they have like all the power in the world. Yeah. No one jacks with them about their haircut. They kind of come in when they want to. They do their job well. And they're like, bro, why do I want to leave this? Like, this is like my ultimate security blanket. But I try to tell guys, like, no matter how good that security blanket is, you can only do that job for 30 years. Right. Only 30 years. And after 30 years, man, like, you got to go. And then what are you going to do? I think that's the hardest part of guys transitioning. The hardest part is them finding their identity. And I can't even explain that to someone. So I I have guys message me all the time, like, dude, how did you figure it out? I was like, I honestly don't know if I figured it out. I know that I'm happy right now in my space, in the skin I'm in right now. I'm fucking content. But um, 
It took a long time to get here. I've been out since 2007. Active duties in 2007. Still have my foot in the door in the reserves because I just kind of needed that. But I still, I learned within the past two years, two and a half years to like let go, focus on my kids and, and my wife, and everything else will fall into place. And so far, it's falling, right? It's falling into place. What happens when this fucking TV show just kills it and I can't walk down the street? What happens to my character then? Right? Like, I'm nervous about that because I, I really believe that I can stay grounded. But fuck, I say that because I'm fucking still broke. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I'm rolling in the dope, will I still be grounded? Will I still be sitting here fucking doing things for the. I believe I will. Like, in my head, I want to tell myself. But, like, I don't know, man, because I think our identities continually change. It's, and it's based off of experience that you have throughout your life. And if you don't allow yourself to experience, you never grow. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I think the cool thing is that you're traveling with with no real reason, just to travel and experience shit. And as you experience, you learn and you grow. Just the one night of us sitting down having fucking drinks and talking, we've learned a lot from each other, but we've grown off of each other. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that continues to happen. I think so. So the funny thing is you were talking about like, man, I think this would be good for a lot of guys. Like, I said the thing like, fuck, I think it's actually great. If I had the chance to take two months and say, fuck everything, bills are already going to be paid, let's go travel the fucking world and let me just fucking think. You know, let me figure it out. I think that'd be healthy. Yeah, man, and I think, I mean, think about it, right? Think about all the guys that actually do their full retirement, right? Yeah. They retired to get a retirement paycheck, get their disability, all that type of stuff, but then they have to get right back into a job. So even though they stayed in, they never listened to that person and told them like, hey, do you have your savings plan? You know, nowadays people are like, they just want to work, 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 get all this money, right? Because social media has corrupted everyone's fucking mind. Right. And like, you got to have, you got to have all this money. I mean, every soft guy, you do your time, you got to get out, you know, you got to get a degree because your tattoos, you got to make yourself marketable yeah. and you got to go to business school because, you know, people want you, but that might not be what you want. Well, that's what I said last night. I was like, a lot of guys want to get degrees, but what do those actually do for you? I don't know. I, don't, I wanted a degree too, because I, I thought it'd be cool to tell my kids, hey, I got a degree. But I also didn't want 50K of fucking debt. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, school's not for everybody, man. It's, dude, it, it wasn't for me. I'm dyslexic, right? I have my mind, is, like, I'm like ADD. You know what I mean? Like, all these things, it just doesn't work for me. I was able to find success in my own thing. And that's where it's like, I, I guess, you know, it's funny. Writing this book is it's, it's so funny. This, this topic is here. I based a lot of my, like, how did I come to find out now that what I want to do is help others? Because I tried everything else and nothing satisfied me. Nothing satisfied me. The one thing that fucking was like, wait a minute, this feels fucking good, is getting an email from a fucking veteran saying, hey man, you've fucking changed my life. That one email was the fucking, the first fucking spark that lit the fucking flame, dude. You know what I'm saying? That was it. I was like, damn, that felt good. It felt good to know that whatever the fuck I'm doing was inspiring others to do fucking more. Fuck. Well, then let me do more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude. And that's like a fucking drug, dude. Some guy just emailed me today from Australia, right? Never served the military, but has respect for, you know, yeah. armed forces just in general. And uh, he saw my YouTube channel. He hit me up on an email, sent me a lengthy email saying, hey, thank you. And I appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I'm like, holy crap, dude, this random dude took time to write a, you know, very thoughtful, very appreciative email. Yes. And I forgot that I set up like a, like, Hey, you can reach me here. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of creepy, right? I didn't even know who this dude was, but I'm just like the message. I'm like, man, like, I don't care, man. I don't care if I ever get, you know, a hundred thousand subscribers. All I need is one 
to reach out to, and hopefully it's a triple trickle effect, man. Because well, that's, that's what it's about. There's, there's, a, there's a quote that I kind of say is like, like I would just, I would love to be at least a casual effect that changes the world. Yeah, man. It, it's just a casual effect, it, it, at least for one person, dude. It's the truth, though. Like, imagine if you've inspired someone to do more in their life, and that one person inspired someone else, and that one person changed the world. Yeah. You don't fucking know, bro. But like, why the fuck wouldn't I not want to be the guy that tries to do that? You know, we talked about like there's there's toxic mindsets out there. There's negative ideas. There's all these things. Like social media is the funniest thing, dude. I've, I've I've talked about this before in a podcast. Like we shared negative shit for more people to see instead of like don't share it, ignore it, let it die, let it die just like that because it'll die, right? Like if no one shares it, the idea is dead. But we tend to share it. So look how stupid this fucker is. What the fuck? How about fuck that dude? Let him die in his fucking misery. Fuck his negativity. Post some positive ass shit and let that fucking keep growing. We're in a world right now where good shit doesn't get shares. You know what I mean? C- controversial shit gets shares. Yeah, yeah. So then you got stupid motherfuckers saying dumb shit just to get shares. It's the weirdest fucking world, bro. And I refuse to be in that fucking mix. I just like look up, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. All the po- politics shit, like I get it. It's important. But you know what? I do that in my own space, my own time, and I don't ever need to provoke anyone else to believe my, my beliefs. Dude, I'm a Christian man. I say it fucking, fucking loud and proud all the goddamn time. But you'll never tell me, you'll never hear me say, hey, bro, why don't you fuck? Why aren't you? But I don't give a fuck what you do, bro. That's your life. I care about this guy in my circle. And if you come to me and ask me, like, hey, man, why is it? I would tell you, well, the reason why, the root of everything I do is because of this. You know what I mean? That's the only time you'll ever hear me say something on it, dude. Because for me, it's like, fuck your shit, dog. That's your world. And I'm never going to fucking give a shit about your world. Because as in, the, in the sense, I'm not going to judge what you do. Right. That's your space, dog. I got to worry about my space, my kids, my circle. That's important to me. But the world is so so confused on that. They want to they want to be they want to interject on everyone else's opinions. Like, why? Fuck that dude. I have people mess with me like saying shit like, "Hey man, you should do this." I'm like, "The fuck, dog? You had the audacity to think that you can ask you can actually change my fucking train of thought? Fuck you, bro. I don't know you, dude. Let me be me." And let me allow me to do what I do, and you do you. Keyboard commandos, man. Fuck, dude. Yeah, dude, trust me. And, and, and the fighter in me is like, hey, motherfucker, come, come find me. <laughs> but it's like, dude, it's the weirdest world we live in right now, man, that there's even veterans who jump on other veterans who fucking people this and that. And it's like, it kills the space. I start almost the community of, of the veteran community. It's like, man, you get so upset at watching it almost burn itself at the stake. And you're like, what are you doing? You're better than that. You can't hold on to the system believing that just because you were a veteran at one point in your life, that doesn't carry you through the rest of your life. Cody, you were one of the most incredible Marines and with your resume. That will not carry you fucking tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And you know that and I know that but a lot of guys hold on to the we, we say the Al Bundy of the military. I scored four touchdowns in fucking high school, bro. Dog, but what are you doing today? Absolutely. Right? And that's the most important thing like the most thing I can, I can convey to any fucking veteran like I don't care if you were fucking triple tab, quadruple tab, fucking all this. What are you doing right now? And how are you affecting the world in a positive manner? Because if you're not well then to me, fuck off, dude. Like what the fuck off? Right? Absolutely, dude. And that's one thing I used to piss off my wife a lot. I used to get so excited. I'm like, man, on this one deployment, it was so legit. Or, man, OP, that one dude, he was super crazy. And then I'm just like, she's like, you're only happy when you talk about the things you did. She's like, the things you were. 
She's like, that's not who you are. It's things you did. Right. And I'm like, shit, she's right. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing to help me kind of like jumpstart that next level was I sold all my military gear. <laughs> like I sold it all. So I, you, you were essentially just closing that chapter. I had to. Right. Because if not, I was just going to put it off and I was always going to resort back to it and just look at it and dwell, feel sorry for myself, wish I stayed in. I feel like a cop out, but I just like. Dude, instead of like you just jumped off the cliff and said, fuck it, I'm going all in. And you have to though. But you think about it, right? So just like. I try to tell people, even when it comes to like, so like on a mission prep, right? You don't just like, hey, we need this compound. All right, guys, get in the trucks, get in the birds, we're rolling. Yeah. Dude, we, there's an SOP in how we do it, right? We right. spend time, we do methodical planning. We do yep. mission planning. But when dudes get out, they, they kick all that shit to the side and they're like, you know what? I just need to get a job. I need to get some money. Oh, I want to stop training. I want a beard. I want a fucking gun. And I want to finally cut off my sleeves on my uniform because I can now because I'm a civilian. <laughs> and it's like, Where's your mission planning at, man? <laughs> That's the funny thing. You forget the root of what made you successful in the military and you stopped using it in civilian culture. Bro, I did this with acting. I was telling you the other night, like, you know, I, I thought I was just comfortable enough just to be in the space. And then I looked around and saw the guys around me and they're really good, really good actors. And I realized, like, you know what? I'm not there yet. And how do you get better at acting? You fucking train. How do you get better in the military? You fucking train. You don't go to war, just fucking sign up and go. No, you train. Everything we do, we fucking train. How, how do I become a good dad? Dude, trust me. It's taken me years to learn, and I'm still fucking it up, but I'm training daily. I'm learning. I'm, I'm trying to grow, and if you don't do that, how the fuck do you ever expect to be better? And that's the thing. Guys get out of the military, and they stop training. They stop preparing. They stop, you know, they stop doing the basic things that made you successful in the military. You never just fucking, you recon the objective before you go into the objective. You fucking talked about the mission planning. Who's going to assault first? Who's going to be fucking outside perimeter? Whatever the case, there was a plan of action. And if you don't have that plan of action when you get out, what the fuck are you doing? Right. You lived by that shit. And now you gave it up and now you're expecting that it's just going to fucking fall into your goddamn lap? Bullshit. Bullshit. Yep. And it's, it's super sad because I think there's so many people that have the same story, right? right. <clears throat> but... It really just takes – it's the scariest thing to do is invest in yourself. Like you weren't scared when you're in the service like, man, I got to go to ranger school or for me, you know, you know, recon school or MARSOC, whatever. You know, like it's scary but you had to invest in yourself. You had to train for it. You had to like mentally prepare and then when you went to it, you had to give it all. Yes. So how's that different? Right. And that's why I call the false idols, man, because a false idol is a one-trick pony. You have to be a multidimensional like, operator, but a multidimensional human being because that's what made you successful as a person. Right. That's what helped you be successful you know, as a service member. But when you come back, back out of the, that, that loop, man, it's, there's, there's nothing different. Right. It's the same shit. And so I think a lot of things, too, is like a lot of guys talk, yeah. not a lot of guys' action. Uh-huh. And what I'm definitely trying to do is stick to my own plan, man, like – Plan the dive, dive the plan. And because uh, <clears throat> there's plenty of times I just want to jump right back into it. I asked my wife yesterday, I'm like, hey, can we just move here? And she's like, yeah, but we're going to travel first. I'm like, yeah. Okay. No, dude, and that's good. Yeah. If you would have said that, we would have said, fuck you, dude. Get the fuck out of here because you're doing what I wish I had. And you're doing what a lot of veterans need to do. Take, take the fucking time out, bro. Take a spot on the bench and sit down for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And it's been so refreshing, man. Like, uh, the last video I just dropped on uh, YouTube, it was talking about how I spent my first night 
you know, in my van at a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> but my wife is cooking breakfast in the van. Well, you know, explain it to the listeners that, that that's what you're doing right now. They don't know that you're you you sold it all. You talked about you're just in the van, and now you're just traveling. Yeah, we we sold everything, moved into our van with our two dogs, and for how long you do this? So we figured it out, man. I'm instead of trying to force my calling, I'm trying to find my calling. Dude, that's fucking beautiful. Instead of trying to force my calling, I'm trying to. Find- <laughs> I love it. No, that's dope, dude. That's why part of like you know, when we started talking, I started hearing more about your story. I'm like, how the fuck do I not know this dude already? And and we've crossed paths. We we've actually been in the same room at the same time, just yeah. never, and just never fucking communicated. You know what I'm saying? We have similar fucking friends. You know what I mean? And and it's it's a trip to me that we've never really fucking met. But you know, last night well, I walked in. If you guys don't know, if you you guys got to follow his fucking Instagram. What's your Instagram? The Cody Alfred. The Cody Alfred. Yeah. The Cody. Spell it out. The T H E period Cody C O D Y period Alfred A L F O R D. And the YouTube's the same one. Yeah, you got to check out this fucking monster, dude. Like, I don't even say I'm big as fuck next to this guy because he's fucking big as fuck. Oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking savage. He's just trying to get my number, people. It's I, cool. I got your number. <laughs> yeah, you did. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. No, dude, it's super dope what you're doing. It's, uh, you know, talking to you and your wife, it was really refreshing to see uh, the mindset that, that you had was a very fresh mindset. It was actually, like I said, it was refreshing to hear someone say, you know what? We're going to take the time and actually, you, you're essentially what you're doing, you're, you're giving yourself time to actually debrief. You're, you're melting back into the system and learning how what's going to work for you, what's not going to work for you, which a lot of people don't. They try and jump in and force, and and that's pretty scary to do. It's scary to fucking just jump in and hope to fucking God that it all works out. Absolutely. You know, and so um, the fact that you're going in nice and slow and you're trying to figure it out and you know on the way, hopefully as you do, you get to continue to experience things in life and grow and learn from, and then eventually, hopefully, you come right back to Salt Lake City. Well, dude, the coolest thing also, man, it's been like – so we've been on the road for two uh, two weeks now. Nice. And every place we stopped at, I've met a vet. Every vet that I met, including a couple guys we talked to last night. Yeah. Like, yo, bro. Like, hey, when you got some time, I need to talk to you. Like, I'm fucked up. I need some. I need some help, man. I got these pills from the VA. Or, hey, I tried. There was a guy in uh, Delaware when I was getting my van worked on. Yeah. He's like, I was in an '87. I'm like, holy shit, bro. Like, I was two years old, man. <laughs> and he's like, I only did like five years or whatever. And he's like. You know, I tried the VA. They haven't done shit. I'm like, yo, I had like point of contacts with me. I was able to give it to him, you know, like, so yeah. it's been like refreshing to like, you know, as I journey on, I'm like finding these like these breadcrumbs, these breadcrumbs, like just want some assistance at the same time. They need someone who can be like raw and like compassionate honest. Yep. and honest, you know? And, uh, well, dude, it's funny that the world needs leadership and people always search for new leaders. Who's going to have the answers for them? At that time of their life, whatever the case, even if it's just for a moment, right? They just want to pick up something that's going to help them continue on their fucking path. Give them the fucking thumbs up like you're doing good, pat on the back, keep going, or or give them a little bit of fucking devil's advocate at a time. You know what I mean? And yeah. everyone needs it. I got guys all the time just messaging for the same kind of concept, and I, I try and do my best, but like you, sometimes you're like, some guys message me like, no shit, like, how do you how do you find happiness? I'm like, whoa. That's a fucking loaded question. I got that question too. Right, like, that's, that's, that's hard as fuck, bro, because I can't tell you how to find happiness, right? And you're never going to be able to tell me to find happiness, but I would love to hear how you found happiness. You know what I mean? And that's kind of was like, look, well, here's what I did, but that ain't the answer for everybody. You know what I mean? Like I fucked up a lot before I figured it out. Like I'm the guy that learns from my mistakes. You know, I start picking the scabs and figure it out again, you know? And that's, right. that's how I did it. And, I, and 
that's the reason why I was writing the book is because, and it, that's a mess, just so you know. Like, I'm fucking nowhere near close to where I need to be right now. But either way, um, it was because I wanted to express how much, like, dude, I didn't know it. I'm 37, bro. 37 years old, and I'm barely figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the old man with the information because I've done a lot of fucked up shit. And, and, and I never expected I was ever going to be in that position. But I am now. Fuck it. I'll take it, right? And I'll own that. But that's where I'm at now. Like people say, "How do you be happy?" I'm like, uh, "I'll tell you how I figured it out." And I can't even say I've 100 percent figured it out because I'm still chasing more shit. Because if I if I was completely content, I wouldn't be doing anything else. Right? I'd be sitting on my ass and be like, "No, I'm good." No, but I'm I'm thirsty to continue to learn more. I'm continuing to try and grow more and see how far can I actually take this life. Like, how fucking far can I take it? I'm I'm on a show right now. That's weird. It's super legit. But you just said it, man. How far can I take life? You know, right. it, it's it's called life for a reason, man. And we only get one of those bad boys. Yeah. And uh, people want to figure it out all right now, right? Like I said, social media. If people want to just like double tap it. People want to see it, buy the shit, wear the shit. They are the shit. Immediate gratification. Absolutely. But yeah. it takes it takes time. It takes investment. And uh, so I, I even like, I can't wait to have like a ponytail, dude. Like I can't wait. To- <laughs> are you growing it out? Yeah, man. Like, but at the same time, <laughs> I try to tell myself like, I can wait. I want to watch it grow. I want to. I don't. I wouldn't want to like click a button, fast forward, you know, three months and have long hair, just to get it. I want to appreciate every step it takes to get there, dude. It's it's fucking. So like, what I tried to do throughout the whole time of me, you know, doing this acting shit and fucking being on the Mayans MC, which the reason why I am drinking tonight is because we got season two. Boom! Yeah. Cheers. Dude, cheers, bro. So fucking exciting. Yeah, I saw that poster. Yeah, man. Fucking incredible, man. But I tried to actually step back from the situation and actually like, wow, what the fuck? Like, who would have thought right now, and in, 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 I can name with the, on, on my hand how many combat veterans of OIF, OEF are doing acting right now. That's incredible. Like, I've somehow became a part of this elite group of dudes who are fucking doing that. Right? Like fucking, um, I can't even name all these fucking dudes. But there's there's not a lot of us. You know, Tyler Gray's the one, the, the, probably the biggest name out there is Tyler Gray. And he's doing SEAL Team 6, right? And, and he's a fucking high-level, high-level special operations fucking dude. You know what I mean? Then you got other guys like a special forces guy who played uh, Nate, Nate Boyer. He's another one, right? And he's done some, some acting roles here and there. And there's not very many after that, right? And that's the crazy thing is like, how the fuck did I get in that team? Like, how did I become part of... Dude, no fucking clue. Like, life just kind of took its journey. And so I have to sit back and be like, enjoy this, motherfucker, because you have no idea how long this is going to last. Right. But at the same time, like, you don't want to just close your eyes and get to the end of it either. I don't want to be 50 and fucking have done whatever how many movies and miss the first steps of what it took to get there. That's the thing. Like, you growing your hair, like, exactly that. Like, you don't want to miss the journey it took to get there. Like my fucking journey was a motherfucker, dude, but I got there and now I'm still here. And like, I try and always tell me like, don't fucking forget what it took, dude. Cause it was a fucking, it was an, it was an interesting path, dude. And it was something that you can learn from. Right. And it's something that I've learned from shit. Yeah, man. I think people just tend to forget like how they started and like where they came from. Adam driver never went to combat. Just say so. <laughs> yeah. and, and dude Adam Driver's a great actor so, but but this is the thing is like he actually got chapped out early on solid dude did his time 
tried, chaptered. It is what it is. Everyone can judge whether they believe in that or not. But no, there's not a lot of combat veterans of our time that are doing it. I just and I think also like that that toxic vet trap, right? So like people get out, they look for that sense of belonging, and they find it, and they want man, why am I not doing that? And they just sit there and like they motherfuck everybody that who is doing it. The I thing know, is they dude. they broke away from that toxic vet and. I mean, you got to think, I mean, like, Second Amendment, like, gun-toting American, fuck liberals, you know, all these all these hateful messages that are being put out there. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, people are associating themselves, so they're just trying to find that click to, like, mingle with. But the thing is, like, they don't need that click. They, but they think they do because they spend all well, the time in the military. You know, it's funny. I think people are too afraid to say, you know what? I, I kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, uh, Republican, but I'm kind of Democrat. I might be kind of in the middle here. And there's a lot of guys like that. They're like, oh, but you can't post that shit, dog. Because you post that shit, you're getting fucking hammered. And all of a sudden, you're banned. And then your friends don't like you anymore. And it's this weird space where you can't have an opinion anymore. Because your opinion in, in, it insults people. And, it, and it's, it's fucking it's threatening. And that's the scary space. You can't just be you. You know what I mean? Like, look, I like to wear Chuck Taylors. You know, I like to do a shooting wearing Chuck Taylors, right? It's something that me, Matt, and all we used to do, but people used to talk shit. Now, I see a lot of people doing that shit because we were like, you know what, dude, it's comfortable. I was on missions in the Border Patrol in that fucking chasing fucking dudes in Chuck Taylors. You know why? It's comfortable. Fuck wearing boots all the goddamn time. I wonder where something I, I, I like to wear. But it's easy to hate, man. Oh, it's easy to hate. So easy to hate. Easy to hate because, you know, where does that come from? Where does hate come from? That's all insecurities, dude. People that can't come be comfortable with their own skin. Like, that's the problem. They, you're trying to fucking fake your identity of being something that you're not. Because if you were comfortable with yourself, you wouldn't give a fuck what anyone else thought. You wouldn't give a fuck what they did. You just do your own thing. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. Like, I feel this is, this is how I've kind of viewed viewed life in the past few years and how I've grown and kind of, kind of – there's a lot of views that I have that might not be the popular opinion. Especially being in Hollywood, you have to really watch what you do. You don't want to burn your bridge too soon. All these little things. And that's fine. I can play the game. And you know what? I don't need to enforce my opinion on anyone. It's just not who I am. But in the end, if I continue to climb up the ladder, I climb up the ladder of success, right? If, if I grow my social media and become a bigger voice in the veteran community, if I do all this by being genuine, by being real, I believe the followers that follow me Oh, we'll have a deeper connection with who I am and will be easily, easier influenced, I'm saying, or, or not even – and I say that it sounds really bad saying that, but they will understand my message and receive it better if I'm just completely honest this whole time. Yeah, and they'll be able to form their own opinion. Right, exactly. And figure out how they want to action that. Exactly, because my whole life has always been like, look, I, if you follow me, like – I don't care what your opinions are. That's fine. Do your thing. I do my thing. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to change who I am because you don't like who I am. Like, there's people like, you shouldn't film your kids if they don't like it. And like, those are my fucking kids. I do whatever the fuck I want. That's how I feel. You know what I mean? Like, and when you have your kids, you do whatever the fuck you feel. But this is my life. You know what I mean? And I'm going to continue to try and inspire, motivate, and, 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 and entertain. And hopefully, two years, three years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, Tim, Tim, Tim Kennedy is definitely another one. Sorry, Tim Kennedy is definitely another one of those veterans. He's a fucking stud. But hopefully 20 years down the road, I'm in a position where I have a lot of people understanding where my views come from. Not, you know what I mean? Like, look, here's my view. Whether you like guns or you don't, but here's my view. And why do you, why do you understand my view? Because you know who I am and where I come from. You can't tell me, no one who knows me, no one who doesn't know me, when they get to know me, they know my background is over 15 years military and law enforcement. They're going to be like, okay, he's going to like guns. That was his life. 
yes, it's my life. I had to. It was by nature. I knew how to train and shoot and blah, 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 blah. So when, I, when you see me pull something with a gun, you're like, oh, yeah, that's him. That's his, that's his character. And that's okay because that's him. You know what I mean? And, and a buddy who decides to do whatever is like, oh, yeah, that's him. He grew up on the beach. He likes to surf. Cool, that's him. You know what I mean? Right. But instead of having this anger towards everyone and, and, and trying to voice your own opinion on someone else's life, to me it's like, dude, get, get your own life. You won't be so worried about my life if you're if you're if, you know what I mean. Absolutely, you don't, you don't have to pose in my shit. Let me do me, and you do you, and whoever's going to hopefully inspire more down the road, you, you feel better better about yourself down the road. I don't I don't know. I guess that's me. Like I I feel better about what I do for a living as I receive messages saying I've inspired. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm going in the right path. I can die saying I'm good with that because I've helped more. Right in my head, you know what I mean. Absolutely, it's like you said, it is a. It's, uh, I guess, like a drug, right? It's like yeah. that rush, man, to like, because <clears throat> anyone would be like, I'm a badass. Oh, cool. I got some likes. But like, yo, man, it's like, think about the bigger picture in life. And the, all those messages that come in, it's just like, I show my wife and she like she gets tired of like seeing this shit. Oh, yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah, mine does. But it's like, I'm proud of like, man, dude, this dude said he lost 50 pounds because he saw me do this one thing. Or he said, you know what? Your message motivated me to get off my fat ass and do something. Or your message motivated me to get my VA yes. claim finally done. And I'm like, that's it, man. Because that's my true north is always, I've always cared about others than myself. I've always put myself in the back burner. Right. And now I'm taking that flip side of approach where I'm trying to take care of myself. But along the way, I'm going to be guilty by association and still try to take care and help out as many people as I can because that is just when I analyze my life and break down how I was successful in the military, I never faulted at that. I never faulted for like sticking up for other people, being the voice, being the leader, uh, because it's not a very, being a leader now, like leadership and mentorship, I think we have completely lacked, at least in my my previous command and least in the military, because it's those are like horrible terms. We we have done so much suffering silence and quiet professional, like newsflash, homie. You can't just like, hey, good truck, drive forever. No, you have to stop, say, damn, I love this truck. I got to put gas in it. I got to change the oil. People are the same way. People actually need that attaboy every now and then. People need to know where they stand in life. Dude. Vice just like, yo, bro. So they say the fuck they, up. They say, you know, the the time of being a leadership being a leader and being a tyrant is over. My I can't and it is I do this, I'm actually writing a, a second book later on about raising kids and leadership. Okay. And it's so similar. It's so similar. I've talked about it several times. But think about this: like, if I'm raising my kids and I fucking am, am I, if I'm a tyrant, they're gonna hate me. Are they gonna throw the trash? Fuck yes, they will, because they don't want to get their ass beat. You know what I'm saying? But they will fucking hate me as it gets older. Now, if my kid just loves me, respects me, I treat him good, and I explain to him, like, listen, you need to throw the trash down because I'm teaching you discipline. I'm teaching you manners. I'm also teaching you responsibility, and this is important in life because you're gonna need this in the future. If I took the time to explain that to him, he goes, you know what, Dad, you're right. I'll throw the trash. It's- that right there, this fucking kid will go through walls for me because he knows I'm not leading him into fucking bullshit push-ups just because I can, but maybe because I'm teaching him to be a stronger man. You see what I'm saying? And that is leadership now what it needs to be. And that's also what parenting needs to be. I have a 16-year-old daughter. You don't think it's a weird time right now? I know what I did at 16. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it's this phase where I have to let go as dad and also still be the mentor. And that's what it is. It's mentorship. It's not leadership anymore. It's mentorship. I need to raise you. And I show you from my mistakes. And hopefully you don't make the same mistakes. And also tell you why. And be honest with every fucking assessment. Like, listen, mama, this is what boys want. 
They only want sex. Why? Because you have nothing they really need. You don't have money. You know what I mean? You don't have a job. You don't have anything, but your body is really what the, the chase is. But you know what, boys at that age, that's how they all think. And and it is what it is, right? Like right, right. It is what it is. We all go through these phases and this kind of time. And so it's like, be smart enough not to be dumb enough right. to, 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 to be a victim to that. You know what I'm saying? When you choose to do what you choose, you know I've given you all the knowledge I possibly can. And I pray to God you do the smart thing and just wait it out until you, you're completely ready for it. And that's when you're 97. Right. <laughs> but I can't I, – who am I not to give the knowledge and, and understanding and explanation of what it is to grow up to be a woman, to be in society, to knowing the, the gravity of what happens when you're actually – you lay down with someone. All these things, dude. And I'm talking like I'm talking to her, right? Like, you know what I mean? Yes, daddy. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, if I'm the dad that won't have the conversation with my daughter, am I fucking being a parent? Am I mentoring my kid to do good? Or am I at least, am I at least guiding him in the right direction? Fuck no, dude. You have to give them the truth. The honest, honest truth. And that's the same in combat. I've told my soldiers, like, look, like straight up, there's probably going to be a firefight tonight. Like, I'm hearing the calls on the radio and, like, get ready. Keep your, I used to say this. Keep your mind right. Keep your mind right. And get your shit. Meaning, get your shit together because this this is what we do for a living. We walk up to a mission. We hear that they're in a fucking fighting position. And we fucking engage. You're about dude. to work for your paycheck. Right. But if I was the guy who said, don't worry about it, man. Just, just do what I tell you to do. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Fuck you. There's no fucking trust in that shit, man. So the time of being a tyrant leadership is fucking dead. And I think that's the biggest problem with... I'm not trying to dog the military, but no, no, like no. that is the old breed of military people, right? Like the the ones that are still strapped hanging there, like they're 25 yeah. to 30 in the service still. Like <clears throat> it's that tyrant leadership. It's that firm and fair, but then there's no like, there's no in between. There's no taking off the hat. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem, man. Like I used to be a CQB instructor and I got through more guys, but like breaking down why we were doing this way and why what they were doing was yeah. you know wrong. Right. By saying, yo, bro, you're fucked up. Get in, the, get in the back of the line now. Like, that doesn't teach anyone anything. No, no. And the problem is, is just like, I, I used to tell the instructors that like, were like assholes. I'm like, yo, bro, like these dudes are going to make it to the teams before us. Like, they're going to go hang out with our homies and deploy while we're still here doing our schoolhouse time. Like, why don't you have an invested interest? You're Dog. not better than them. As a drill sergeant, my whole thing was like, look, if I don't give them everything I fucking can, these guys go overseas and die. That's on my head. And I already tell you, I'm a Christian man. Like, I'm going to be seeing that. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's my bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, but Oops. not even that. It's just one of those things like, how do you not want to give them every fucking skill set you have? I was a goddamn army ranger. I can train these guys very proficiently and I'm going to do my best to do so because if I don't, who the, what the fuck kind of shithead am I? I should give them everything. Every day I should be giving them every fucking training lesson I possibly can, my heart and soul into that because you know what? They might be fighting next to someone I know, one of my own ranger buddies, one of my friends, one of my cousins, one, someone else is serving. Right. That's someone's father, southern, a son, daughter, mother, whatever the case it is. And if you didn't provide the service you're supposed to, you're a fucking piece of shit. Dude, I got hit up, I think, a couple days ago. There was this dude. He's like, hey, man, I want to be an EOD tech. Uh, I washed out for one reason, whatever. So I like unfucked myself. I went back through and I'm finally an EOD tech now. I'm super excited. He's like, but I want to learn more. And my senior leadership, they're just like content on where they're at. He's like, how do I, or what do you recommend to like get them to like interact with me more and teach me more? And I was, I read that. I was just like, I was fucking sad, man. Yeah. Like, and, and we wonder why. And that's the same guy, that, not the guy that's asking for the assistance, but the guy who's sitting on his ass like, yo, bro, fucking figure it out yourself. 
that guy that said that, he's the same dude that's going to get out and be like, I'm a vet, you fucking owe me. And he's going to go back to more of that <laughs> no, bro vet type for, of shit, that toxicity. <laughs> for and, sure. But that's exactly. But it's but it's so fucked up, man. Like, we all have these internal fly, uh, fires, right? These internal flames. Yeah. And when some dude's trying to, like, spark a shit even more, like, there's just so many people trying to suck the oxygen away from him, man, and, like, put his flame out. And it's just so sad. And, you know, the military might actually, you know, end up missing that guy. You know, that guy might actually get out and be like, you know, fuck this, dude. Like, I'm going to go find value somewhere else. Because what I thought, right, all these false idols, all these, like, titans amongst men that I thought I was actually going to be part of, I realized that they're just pieces of shit. And it's sad because, once again, the service being serving your country is just a job. It's not a lifestyle. It's just a job. And when you yeah. get out, you got to face that reality, man. And, you know, we're, we're training, you know, the military should be training better citizens, right? Creating yeah. a better America. And when you get out with so much hate in your heart, dude, it's like, what are you doing? But yet you're going to be the guy that like motherfucks everybody else and like well, hates people for trying to better the themselves. There's, there's, uh, there's only the few that have the similar belief system as you and those few uh, don't have the voice to project it loud enough yet, Right. But hopefully, and that's kind of the goal that you're trying to do is promote that positivity, promote that that um, positive energy, and, and and a different a different viewpoint on leadership, on transitioning, on just being a good veteran, life after military. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about like all the suicides that happen from active duty, you know, members that are still serving, and they fucking smoke themselves, man. When you break it down, like, oh, that dude was a piece of shit. He was weak. He killed himself. Like, but how many people did he reach out to? Right? right. When you look at like all these like high school shootings, all those fucking right. people had telltale things, right? They reached out, right. they made these comments or whatever. They showed their hand before they actioned something. Yeah. And if we actually invested more in our troops, invested more as being a leader, vice, like, yo, bro, I got promoted, I'm getting paid more, I can do what I want to, fuck everybody. Like, no, bro, that rank is not for you. The pay's for you. But the rank is for the men. Yeah. Like, that's how that shit works, but people tend to forget that. No. I hear you. Well, dude, we're coming close to the end of it right here. Dude, honestly, we're going to have to have a round two when you're done with your travels. Yeah, man. I would love to see where this goes. And like I said, you're one of those guys that uh, now you're in the circle, dude. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anything you need, you know, hit me up. I love the I love what you preach. I love your message. Uh, I just love your character. I think you're a good dude and we'll continue to do this, man. Like I said before, you need help with anything, you let me know. If uh, I can steer you in the right direction, let me know. And if you get steered off the wrong right direction, just hit me up, man, and we'll try and put you right back on it, you know? Right on, dude. Dude, if you don't mind, hit, hit up the listeners. Let them know where they can find you. Check, talk anything you want to push right now. You know, you got your Instagram uh, you also got your YouTube channel that you're starting to do right now as well. Yep. So, so I just so. recently started the uh, <clears throat> my YouTube channel. So that is going to be the Cody Alford. Uh, that's at YouTube, and then my Instagram is the period Cody period Alford. And uh, yeah, that's those are my two mechanisms that I'm trying to use to reach out to many people. Uh, my whole thing is to defy the norm, and uh, <clears throat> it's so easy to fall into uh, trends. It's so easy to fall into clicks and niches, but like. You were a person before you ever fell into any clique. So don't forget where you came from, who you are, what you're capable of doing. Uh, you don't always need that, ne that negativity to kind of like push you to the finish line. So believe in yourself and defy that norm. The norm is to just like hate, to just be basic, to just live an average life. But that's not what we're here for, man. That's not what life's about. Life's about defying it all, right? I mean, we, we're flying fucking airplanes, man. We have ships that I don't know how the fuck they float, but they float. We're <laughs> defining the norm of what life has presented us. Yes. So why can't we do the same as individuals and spread that positive message, man?
Fuck yeah, man. Dude, I appreciate it. You guys, if you're ever told to find him, go on my Instagram. You can find him. I tagged him on there. Cody's a fucking badass dude. Check him out. Again, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Cody, thanks for coming out, man. Thanks for having me, dude. All right. I did it. I did it.